Hi, friends. Hello, should I delete that, listeners? We still have some tickets left for our live tour and we would absolutely love to see you there. On Thursday, the 23rd of May, we will be performing in the London Islington Assembly Hall. On Monday, the 27th of May, we will be in Salford. On Tuesday, the 28th of May, we'll be in Glasgow. Sunday, the 2nd of June, Birmingham. Monday, the 3rd of June, Bristol. And Tuesday, the 4th of June in Southampton. You can get your tickets at aegpresents.co.uk or via the link in the show notes or our Instagram bios. Really hope we see you there. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. I've had people that's come to me and they've had 47% interest on a credit card. Wow. So every time you're paying each month, you're thinking that, actually, I'm clearing my debt, but you're not. Yeah, you're just paying yeah, interest. You're, paying, you're, you're just paying your interest. Wow. So that, you wouldn't be making a dent. In yeah, <laughs> you're not making any dent. Hiya. Hello. Good morning. So, I annoy myself. Oh, no, sometimes the noise has come out of my mouth and I'm just like, I am such an irritant. I annoy myself too because it's four o'clock and I just said to you good morning. So Good morning. We have not kicked this off on a good note. I um I spend my life saluting magpies because you know if you see a magpie on its own you have to salute yes. it for luck. And I literally I get myself first of all I did it the other day and I meant to put it as I meant to mention it but I went to salute a magpie the other day but I was holding my phone in my hand because I was on FaceTime to Georgie and I whacked myself in the head <laughs> with my phone. This guy was looking at me like why? Um, but I always get confused and then I have to apologise to the magpie. I'm like good morning Mr Magpie and I'm like oh fuck it's past twelve I've got to turn back around and be like sorry good afternoon that's I meant good afternoon. <laughs> just hope he doesn't get annoyed with me. So far, people, so good, um, but... people kiss like my family all kisses mag kiss uh, blows kisses to magpies as well. But it's friendly, we're saluted. We no, it's my military background, not my military background. My family's military. Imagine me in <laughs> yours. <the military>. <laughs> <laughs> Lol, my military background. Hems <laughs> <laughs> in the army. <laughs> I, um, actually, you know what? I didn't think I'd be that bad. I wouldn't be any good in the navy. No. I think I'd be all right just in... And I wouldn't be all right in the Air Force necessarily. If you can hear a drill in the background, this building work going on, by the way. Uh, yeah, I'm, I, I'm not allowed to fly because of my shit eyes. And I just personally don't like the water. But land stuff, I'm a good yeah. shot. I'm, I'm all right. I mean, not in my current pregnant state, but I'm all right kind yeah. of on my feet. Uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm quite resilient. Yeah, I think I'd be all right. Yeah. Yeah. So something to consider. I look good in camouflage. Have you done one of those like week long boot camps? No. Oh, fucking like grim. Uh, like a diet one. Yeah, fucking great. Oh, God, so they, all, grim. they make you wear camouflage. No, no, no. You just oh. but they're all in camouflage and they're like screaming at you and it's horrific. What? what? Truly, one of the worst experiences. They're screaming at you and you you have to do like this. I don't know burpees challenge or sit ups or sprint challenge. And if anyone stops, then you have to restart. So there were people mm. just like not wanting to stop and like just being sick and it was like all huh. encouraged. Like yeah, See, like I you know. think. You'd be quite good in the army with that, in that you're you'd be so scared of like letting your gap, yes. like your, your team down that you'd just be so good. 
You wouldn't be good in the traditional sense. It's not through no. like, your own valour or determination. No. Merely your like desperation to like keep yes. everyone else. Mental resilience, lovely. not my sp- strong point. So I think I struggle, in, but... But you, yeah. ne- you never leave a man behind. Like, you you epitomise that. Actually, a... I actually think you would leave me behind. I, actually, I've changed my mind. If it was just me and you, and you didn't know anyone was looking, and I've been, like, shot in the leg, and I'm just... <laughs> I'm a hindrance, I think you'd oh just be God, like... Oh, my God, you think I'd leave you? I'm not... I don't think you'd leave me, but I can't put all my money on the fact that you'd stay. <laughs> Oh my god, that hurts because I would put my I would put everything I own on the fact that you wouldn't leave me. Of course I wouldn't leave you. Yeah, and of course I wouldn't leave you, you bitch. <laughs> <laughs> well you might now. No, I'll now I yeah, well yeah, my loyalty has been tested now. I just think it would depend. I just think it would depend. On what? <laughs> if you really knew that no one would know. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, love that. Okay, so you think I'm good, but like not deep, deep down, like surface <laughs> no, level no, good. Go. No, I, or actually, to be honest, now I'm picturing it. I'm picturing it at the other end, and I think you'd be like, no, I'll just die too. Like, I imagine yourself shooting you and you're shooting yourself in the leg <laughs> and just lying with me. In for and a penny, in for a pound. Yeah, I'd be like, I'll don't do this, go save yourself. Oh, yeah, would you save yourself if I told you to? I don't know, but I think about this a lot because. Um, there was uh, a, a climbing a climbing duo, two men that climbed, I can't remember what mountain it was, but basically they were attached by a rope and one of them fell off a ledge and the other one oh, was still on the, the ledge. Touching yes. the void? Touching yeah, the void, touching yes. The, touching the void, yeah. Yes, and he oh, had to yeah, cut the, he he had to cut the rope. Yeah, there was a lot of controversy around it, but he was like, of course I cut the rope. Like, if I didn't cut the rope, both of us would die. So yeah, it's, so yeah. If you haven't seen Touching the Void, if you're listening, if yeah, if you're listening and you haven't seen it, basically, I if you didn't cut the rope, they'd both die. But if you did cut the rope, then he was just killing his mate. Yeah, and he, and he cut the rope, and then yeah. defying all the odds, the mate didn't die and dragged his like mutilated carcass all the way back to base camp where they were basically they'd left him, hadn't they? Yeah, or yeah, do, yeah, just about to. Literally, and then they got there, and it awkward. As and he fuck. had broken like his leg to fuck. It was like shot to fuck yeah, his leg, it was and he bad. he managed to get like trek a hell of a way to get back. But I also think about the, a French film called is an, a, something called Avalanche or something. I think about this a lot. So it's a family. It's a man and a wife and their two kids and they're in a ski resort on holiday and they're sat at a, at a table just eating and an avalanche comes in and all of us like super sudden, super quick. And he see the father sees this avalanche coming and his two kids and his wife are at the table with him and he picks up his phone and runs. No, and it turns doesn't. out that the avalanche no, was just basically like cloud rather than actual <gasps> snow. So it was not. And the whole rest yeah. of the film then is them trying to come to the terms of the fact that what they just witnessed, like his wife just oh. saw that. He literally yeah. in the face oh. of this danger, like <laughs> coming like this direct threat to his family. He picks up his phone and runs and just leaves them behind. Oh, if she. Oh my god! It's haunted me that like, seeing that you should, you should watch it. It's a really good film. Well, divorce him. You did like li- immediately divorce. Well, him. I won't did spoil you, the end of the film, but she better. It's interesting. Him. Oh my god! No, I've really changed my mind. Like, you don't have that in you. You're much too nice a person. You'd stay, and I and I think you'd stay much to your own detriment. Thank you, thank you very much. I'd like to think yeah. I would. But I think For, Force Majeure. It's called. It's a really good film. Really good film. 
Jesus, yeah. that's horrific. That would be that's literally about as bad as it gets. That's the biggest Isn't dick it? I've ever heard in my life. Oh my god, that is an <laughs> yeah, that's the biggest dick. <laughs> that is literally the ickiest of you all icks. Can't get it more icky Picking than up your that. Phone. Your that's phone gorilla. with your two gorilla. children sat in front uh-huh. of you. And it was a, what you run in from a cloud. You, you lose it. Literally, how embarrassing. How embarrassing. How embarrassing. Oh. I know. Shame on him. Morty. Shame on that Mortified. fictional character. I know. Oh, it's not anyway. even a true story. Oh. No, no, it's a film. Oh, okay. I don't think it's a true story. No. no. Oh, probably there will have been it throughout history. Yeah. Just yeah, there will. Power. Yeah, I really yeah. feel like I've done you really dirty, and I've got like massive guilt about it now because I don't think you would go. No, well, that's okay. You know, you're entitled to your own opinion. <laughs> I have to wait and see now. I'll just have carry to. it with me and <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Turn and it into and me I being just have passive to hope aggressive. To God, yeah, th- th- this never happens now because he'd be like, "Well, I would have stayed, but you didn't." Maybe you me can to, fuck so. off, <laughs> go yeah. die. See ya. <laughs> Happy rotting. <laughs> Hopefully, it's heaven. But oh yeah. god, it won't be. I'll be straight down the stairs. Talk about this all the time with Alex because obviously there's no my Alex. So he'll be going straight up. They're like no questions yeah. asked. See ya. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like pearly gates. It'll be, it'll be glorious. And I just I'm. I'm not confident. Yeah, in myself. going down to a blaze, I think. So yeah, too. yeah, it'll be sad. It'll be just like when you're at a shopping centre and one of you's going one way up the escalator. You know, <laughs> yeah, a have a nice infinity, Alex. <laughs> Good, bad, awkward. Hit me. Good, please from you. No, you hit me right in the face. Do you know what? It's so annoying. I don't know if you do this too, but I have to write down my good bads and awkwards because I'm I so I do forgetful. too, except I forgot to do it this week. Same. And I've still got the drip stick there. Oh, ew. Oh, yeah. Do you know, I was lying in bed at around 3am and I had all my good bads and awkwards all together. And I was like, I need to write this down. But I was like, but I don't want to get my phone out. And so I, was, I tried to come up with a way, like a puzzle to remember them all. Um and I, I, I obviously can't remember, but the, the awkward stands out. But anyway, so the, the good and the bad are just like generically what's going on. And I was like, I, ha- I had another good that wasn't this good because I don't want to be like talking about my egg freezing all the time, like every single episode. And it's like boring, boring. But the, boring, real, boring. the real genuine good is that I am hopefully, I think, making it to egg collection stage on Saturday. It's Thursday now. And I've just been very anxious this whole time about not get because you hear so many stories and you know everyone's experience is different with responding to treat uh, to medication and stuff. Um, so I, I'm booked in for uh, the the collection on Saturday, and I'm just so happy to make it there. I don't know the outcome, obviously, but I just I'm pleased to get to this point because. I was just scared of not going to it. Like, like and I've, I've had, so, I've known so many people who have like, they take the drugs and like bodies don't respond, your ovaries don't respond and blah, blah, blah. So I am very happy about that. That is definitely my good. Good. Yes. I'm so happy. But my bad is that I just don't get, right. I've, I've been having to drink more water. I've been told to drink more water. <laughs> it, do you know what? It's so interesting because when she puts the, the probe up, and oh my God, I've had so many probes up my fanny at this point. I literally walk Ooh. in and just take my knickers off at the doctor's now. But You're they, soaking wet knickers. Literally, yeah. Um, and then and then she, you can see, and she saw a bit of fluid, like on one of the first scans, and she was like, you're dehydrated. You need to drink more. It's really cool. You can like see the fluid and it's not cool, but you know, it's interesting. So I've been trying to drink more, but like how the, I don't, understand how people do it it's extremely uncomfortable it's unpleasant going to the toilet when you're out and about is horrible going to the toilet it's, it's a you would be it's good a in pain the army, in my ass because they they don't have that much particularly in the desert 
You know, they've got to go yeah. buy on like minimal water supplies. You're like a withered old raisin. You'd be fine. You'd go for ages. I'd be fine. I really would. I really would. You know the thing that's I barely really need to drink. me. Well, this is what I found quite fascinating about this. So we've spent quite a lot of time together this week. Yeah. And you've obviously been drinking a lot more water. Yeah. And I know I, I know that for two reasons. I know that one, because you've told me. And two, because you've had to go to the loo a lot. And I mean a lot. And that's like... Yeah, like it's you kind of gone a weird amount. Like I, I if you I said I that you were drinking loads of water, I'd have been like, "This is weird." You've gone so many times. Yeah. But the really fascinating thing about the whole thing <laughs> is that I haven't seen you drink any water <laughs> at all. I swear, I am time. constantly drinking, like nonstop. I feel like I a water yeah, fountain. I believe you, but yeah. I, I, I haven't okay. seen it. Well, now I'm dying myself. But I've got some advice. Um, get what? a chilli bottle you know I love my chilli bottle my big litre big one so you just okay. know you do at least two of those a day yeah but that doesn't solve the water stays problem. cold no but that's just a training exercise but like oh I, I despise public toilets so much I despise them exactly you just know you are training yourself to need to wee less like genuinely take this like one of your little boot camps and you've got a big scary army soldier telling you but it's not possible it's it's like my blood is absolutely and i go to the loo and it's like it's like a racehorse like it's like and it lasts for about the stream is like a minute long (laughs) dave heard it the other day and was like are you okay and i was like no i don't know what's going on it's just like i've never known anything like it my alex is like that but I have a really big bladder, I don't want to show off, and I can make it go for ages. And to prepare my pelvic floor for what's about to happen, I make myself like all the triggers, you know, and like you hear a running tap or like you get in the shower and like you need a wee when you get in the shower yeah. and the water and you make you pee. I've literally, I, I will not let myself. I deliberately go into the bathroom when I need yeah. a wee and like run the tap and like don't really? let myself wee. Yeah, I'm like pushing it out. Mind game. See, that isn't, like, that's definitely mental. I'm shit. not good with the mental side of that like if i'm in bed and i'm like don't think about the toilet then i'm gonna have to go before i go to bed before i go to sleep oh no, no. even if i don't need it yeah that's like that's my bread and butter i'm just like no nah, that's good that'll serve you well that yeah well i hope done. so it's something i'm working what's your that. good or bad or awkward uh, my good i don't think i have a bad can't remember my okay. good I th- i'm actually feeling really good just in my life excellent i mean fuck me my mood swings I, th- those would be the bad that would really? be the bad like i'm not yeah it's not it's it's not appropriate like it's just irrational it's just i know i'm around as i'm doing i'm like this is irrational mm. this is irrational yesterday i tripped over a cardboard box which had one of my deliveries in it <laughs> i'm so angry about it i picked it up it's empty and i was like like I, I was like I just I can't live like this and I threw it down the corridor and then it like bounced off the front door and then it was even more in the way and I was like <laughs> like marched over and like trampled it and then Alex was like are you okay I was like don't talk to me I just need to be alone I know this is all my fault Aww. and this is completely irrational but I need to be alone and he's like okay well I love you do you want a glass of squash I was like no <laughs> Oh. And it's just so bad. Like it just, but I've said it to you. Like, how many things have I brought you to you this week that are just like, um, it's so irrational. Uh, but I'm like just in bad moods with people or things. I can't imagine. Like, it's just, it's not fair. Hormones are so so powerful. What is it when you're pregnant? Which hormone do you have most? Like, what what is it that progest 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 Oh, that's yeah. not good because that's the one that gives you PMT, the progesterone, isn't it? Yes, and it makes you very breathless. Yeah. 
So I'm simultaneously out of breath and annoyed, which is two things that actually it kind of is at odds with how I normally am as a person. Normally yeah. I'm quite, you know, like I'm quite a happy person with good cardiovascular fitness, <laughs> but these days I'm just... <laughs> I don't even know myself. You've gone down I'm, Honestly, I'm a horror. <laughs> I'm, my mum did say that she was like that during her pregnancy. She said it was really? just like nine month PMT. So I'm hoping that's all it is. I'm just a horror. And I just feel like I just have to put out an apology to everybody that I come into contact with. <laughs> and actually everything. Like the like just inanimate, like that cardboard box. I, fla- I flattened that thing out. I trampled all over oh, well, it. You've been very nice to me. It's just gone. Oh yeah, yeah. Yeah. yeah, weird, weird. I have, yeah. I've been and we both you. had a very um, hormonal time, as someone pointed out. Uh, yeah. Like we should be really at each other's throats <laughs> about now. <laughs> someone messaged, being like, "You both chose like the wrong time to do this live show." Oh my god, that's all good. Oh, that's my like good. Yeah, that's the good. We s- welcome back <sighs> out. This we is it. Sold out the live oh. show in an hour, and we're really sorry. Do you know what? Because now we went from jubilant to to like horrific guilt. Talking about mood swings. Very quickly, this was in my head last night, and I my cousin's called Liv, so Liv. L-I-V, live show. So I was thinking about my cousin Liv to remember that live show was my good because that's how fucking forgetful I am. And I forgot anyway. Um, Yes, mood swing. We we went, we are, I said like, we've got whiplash from our emotions that night because we went from scared and anxious that nothing was going to sell to pure joy. Like I couldn't literally couldn't believe it that they all sold to then crippling guilt. (laughs) I was like, Oh fuck! Oh fuck! When we got loads of people saying we didn't get tickets, and I was like, "Oh my god, this kills me!" And the people that supported us and that they they really wanted to come and they didn't get tickets. So I don't know. I don't know the answer. We're just we're idiots. Well, we're gonna do more. Yes, we're doing more in different places and. Like, yeah, we'll have a bigger venue and we are going to do it again and we're really, really, really yeah. sorry. But if it's any consolation, yeah. it's because we 100% didn't back ourselves to try for bigger. I know. <laughs> like, I know. We, had, we had to be... Because imagine, guys, imagine how sad know, it would have been on. if none of you had wanted to go. So we had to, you know, we had to kind of balance that. Imagine if you were so like... we're really sorry and we'll do it again. Shilling tickets to the very last minute and then we just had to, like, fill it with, a, with people from the outside. You know, it's not good for our spirits. Yeah, no. So... No. That no. was the reason we, for the yeah, small we, venue, but I'm really sorry because we didn't even like oh, I don't know we didn't even announce a time, we didn't we didn't give pre warning so like if someone just didn't get on their phone within the hour they were gone. Bitches, Bitches. what I were know. we thinking? We just we're the fucking worst. So we're really so maybe it's not a good. Okay, that's my bad actually. But hopefully it's good for the people that got tickets. Yeah. I'm really sorry yeah. for everyone else. I have two actual bad. No, I have one bad and one okay. awkward, but both are awkward. I'm just gonna give them both awkward because they're not really Hit that bad. Me. So I was with my friend yesterday and she, well, she, she, she popped over, not to see me, she popped over for a work meeting with Alex and I know her like well, but she's not like me and you. She's not like really, really good friends. She's just like, she's a yeah. She's really nice. Anyway, she's in the house and I was eating these. I've been into them recently, like these mini salted original Gorgeous. type crisp things. Yeah, they're, they're pretty good, but they've, they, they should come with a health warning that they don't currently have. So I was eating one started choking I was like oh god how embarrassing <laughs> so then I tried to like <laughs> and so I thought I got away with it and then I was like oh my god and I realised you know I had that stupid broken jaw last year and my sinuses are still a bit funky and I'm <laughs> guessing it had to do something to do with that but I was sitting there and I was like oh my god there's something stuck 
between my nose and my mouth. Like basically, like, and I was like, and, uh, this oh is bad. Like God. somewhere in my sinuses right now is a pretzel. <laughs> and I was like trying to say goodbye to her. And she's like, so there, do you want to go for a walk? And oh yeah, we must get the guys together. Blah, blah, blah. And I was like, yep, yeah, sounds really good. Anyway, got to run, got to go. Got, I've got to call, got to go, got to go. And she was like, okay. Blah, blah. And I was like, literally like, bite. Like, I, just, I just left her downstairs. I was like, I've got to go. I went upstairs and I blew my nose and what came out my nose? Half a oh, fucking pretzel out. Oh my God. How? How? I don't even know. I'm guessing I'm just, I'm, it must be broken jaw related because that didn't feel normal. It mu- like it didn't feel like that just happened. I mean, my sister, my sister once got, I mean, my sister's wide, wonky as hell. She can get milk out of her tear ducts. Yeah, this is milk this in her mouth. Me. Yeah, my mum got a bit of spaghetti out of her nose that, once. Oh. So, you know, maybe... So what, the Clarkson girls just have like a big gaping hole between their like mouth and nose? Would appear so. Gross. Would appear so. But also, what a party trick. Thank you yeah. very much, yeah. That's, That's something. Yeah, I don't know, I, I'll, pra- I'll practice doing it deliberately. Anyway, that wasn't even my awkward. I have another awkward, but I want to hear your awkward okay. first. My awkward isn't even, shouldn't even be that awkward. But for me, it was deeply uncomfortable. I was, it was actually, we'd recorded that day. I went home. I was going upstairs at the train station and we were putting the live show live that night. Tickets live. And we were trying to sort it. And I was in, in a total world of my own. Like I could have been anywhere. Like I wouldn't know. And... I just walked up the stairs, obviously not paying attention to my surroundings at all. And obviously in London, you always walk on the right side. No, you stand on the right, you walk yes, on the left. But if you're, if you're doing stairs, you walk on the right. No wonder we get confused. I don't know. One, basically, you follow the stream of people one way and you let other people come down the other way. I, yes. Somehow, which is not like me because I'm such a sheep, I'm such a follower, like not a leader in any sense, but but also probably like me because I'm a bit stupid. But I didn't follow the stream, and they were going all going right up the stairs, and I went left, but I didn't know this at the time. And then I was on my phone, I was so immersed in this whatever we were doing, I was trying to get I don't know. Um, and I got to the stairs, and I just looked up, and there was like a queue of people waiting in front of me, just staring at me, like, and and two men at the front with their briefcases just staring at me, and I was like, oh my god, as a people pleaser, right? And as someone who is like prides myself on being polite, I was like, I am fucking mortified. I've just walked all the way up the stairs, and I've and they've had to wait for me. This queue of people have had to wait for me at the top while I just casually meandered up on my phone, not even not even in the room. Millennials. I was I was so ashamed of myself. Do you know what honestly. you should have done when you got to the I top? I felt awful. Should have apologised. Je suis désolée. Like I did. I don't know no, I, I literally. In I was like, oh my in god. French. Oh yeah. No. That... Ow. Always do it in another language. Didn't Whenever think I get embarrassed about, about doing anything in London, like if I have to take like photos for work or like photos of myself or whatever, I just pretend, pretend I'm Spanish, which That's a isn't foolproof because I don't speak any Spanish, so I just say see a lot. But that's what you need to do. You can utilize your second language. Yeah. Because you know. Everyone hates tourists anyway. That is a good idea. I should have done oh, that. Yeah. Oh, male. Um, can't believe any other. Vash. Vash. Um, Pumplemousse. I can't think of it. Pumplemousse. That would be me, the job. Oui, la bibliothèque, s'il vous plaît. So, yeah, that really just really hurt inside. I don't know. It kind of, it kind of dented my identity a little bit. Dented how I, I think of myself. There's nothing you know? more embarrassing than a Londoner to like go wrong on the tube. I know, I know. And when, you know, and people don't like people who do that. 
in London. You know, no. it's because if you, you just want to get if around. If you did that in front of me, I'd be like, I know. I'd probably throw yeah. something at you. I was embarrassed. I'd push you back down the stairs. No, I was embarrassed. I wouldn't. So, I wouldn't. There you go. <laughs> Um, what's your other awkward? Well, my other awkward, I went to the hospital the other day to go and just, like, it always sounds more dramatic. Everyone's like, oh my God, are you okay? I'm like, yeah, you just have to go when you're pregnant occasionally. Anyway, you have to go pee in a cup, right? And I went and they always, they meet you with a cup. They're just like, right. you have to wear in the cup when you get there and they just test you in. You're like, okay. And normally it's fine. And what they, what they gave me at the beginning, which I hear is standard, is they give you like a cup, like a, like a pot and a cup so you yeah. wean the pot and then you can pour the pot because also bear in mind your belly's getting a bit bigger so you, you you can't head down and aim into the tiny little pot you know so you need to wean into the the cup so you can pour it into the pot that makes sense anyways it's difficult at the best of times they didn't give me a pot this time they just gave me a pot. no they didn't give me a cup they just gave me a pot ah. and i can't see underneath my tummy anymore oh, so no. i was like looking for my looking for my wee my wee hole and i couldn't see it so I sat down and you know this is so intimate but you know when you start weeing sometimes when you're a bit desperate yeah. and it doesn't come out as a short yeah. jet it just comes out a bit wonky yeah. yeah obviously you've got your label on the on the pot so I was like I can't put my hand into a wonky stream because it'll get it on the label and then I'll have to hand the label in covered in paint like the poor Ew. midwife taking that like yeah. that's just so unfair I'm not going to do that to her so I'll wait for the jet to straighten out I waited it didn't straighten out. Oh. And before I knew it, I'd run out of weight. Oh, no. I was like, oh, my God. Oh, no. And it was like, well, and it takes a lot to embarrass me, to be honest. But it was one of the first times of my life, right? One of, one of the times most recently where I've been like, this is really embarrassing. Like, because I'm going to have to come back out <laughs> where the midwife waits for you because they wait for you to take your wee so they can test it. And I'm going to have to come out with an empty jar and be like, <laughs> I missed. Oh, what was I going to say? Like, no one's going to believe someone in third trimester of pregnancy didn't need a wee. Like, that's just, but that's what I went with. So I came out and I was like, oh, stage so fright. One. <laughs> what do you mean I didn't need one? Like, I was in the first one and the loo flushed. So she obviously, like, obviously I had a wee. So I was like, okay. And then, and then I just had to sit in the waiting room and drink loads of water. Like, I was literally just going back and back and back. Oh until I could get enough to go again. <laughs> I was just like, I was really like accessing my options. Like, what can I, what can I do? Can I, oh, anyway. Did it come out straight next time? I was just a bit sort of more controlled with it. Okay. I think that's where my training's come in quite useful is I've got quite good stop start now. Okay. So I was just letting little bit little bits out. It, it is actually really it hard to do that though, isn't it? I had to do one recently and I was ashamed to say that I was like, I actually am not quite sure where I'm, where I should be placing this. <laughs> I feel like if it was coming out of my actual vagina, I'd know where to place. But we, I'm a bit, little bit confused. I think I need to have a look at I understand. anatomy again. But do you know what I mean? Yeah, it's between the wee hole, no, between the vagina and the, I'm going to just say, and the top. And the, wait, we have three holes. Yeah, the bottom. Yeah, I think it's between, between like, like up a bit towards the clip, basically. Or like the hood. The hood, yeah. Right. Down in the hood. Right. Okay. But not in the hood. It's like just, it's up further. Okay. Anyway, you're supposed it's to get it though. from midstream. The, they want it, midstream. It doesn't, I don't think it's very, oh, oh, I didn't know that. It's not open though, is it? So it's like, so it will come out wonky. 
Unless you're really desperate. Yeah. And like it's... And it also, and also like sometimes if you sit like wonkily on the loose, sometimes you have to get like both, sometimes you have to yeah. like pull one bum cheek out to like make sure yeah. that they're both like even keel so that it weaves straight. Do you but ever... But then, ha- you know, you haven't got that much time. Do you ever have that when, because obviously, well, not obviously, but like I only squat in public spaces because I can't sit on the toilet seat. But sometimes when you squat and you can't be 100% sure, you can't 100% predict which direction it's going to go in and then you're like oh fuck i'm pissing all over the floor <laughs> you piss all over the floor so i have to i have to be quite careful yeah of where it's going like i have to How? really squat we come all the way over are you weeing on the f- when you say the floor not floor but like you know it'll like fly off in a direction you just didn't expect what direction <laughs> like, i don't know like in front and to the side or something you know generally when it's not like a heavy one when it's just like oh a little tinkle you know interesting no Uh, sorry everyone okay there you go (laughs) i'll try it next time is it just me getting too comfortable maybe no i mean i've you weed on the seat sometimes it happened the other day when i squatted and i I weed on the seat oh yeah yeah you have to wipe as long as you clean it up it's fine it's not gone onto the floor though do you mean to tell me we've been blaming men this whole time and it's just been you i once fully pissed on the floor Total accident, How? squatting, fully, fully, fully pissed on the floor. It was embarrassing. You just missed? Awful. Completely missed, yeah. Oh, the target's so big. I've watched you kick a football into a hole the size of a football. How have you missed well, a tiny pea stream into a huge bucket? So, so, something's, uh, there's a synapse. It's, missing. It's, it's the way that I always get shit up, dog shit on my hands when I pick up Betty's poo. I don't know. I want to watch you eat so badly. There's something not quite, not quite right. I don't know. Something missing. Dyspraxia. I don't think it's to do with your brain. I think it... Yeah, maybe, but like, does practically with the vagina? Is that a thing? <laughs> There's that. Let's research. Anyway, anyway, we have a guest for you. Oh my god, we do! Uh, so, such a surprise. Yeah, <laughs> I know. A guest. We, oh my god, yes, we did. We got one. <laughs> so this week we spoke to a financial expert, Michaela Green, who's the author of the book called The Money Edit. And given the fact that it was announced that last week the UK was going into a recession, we thought it would be a really good time to talk to somebody who kind of really understood the economy and what we could do as individuals basically to better understand this and look after our money at a really confusing and terrifying time. So I put a question box out on my Instagram and the questions that we put to Michaela were all from my followers, from you guys. Um, We did our very best, but there were such so many questions and such good ones I, li- I was reading this like, I don't know this I don't know this I don't know this yeah. um, and we learned so much from Michaela but we did not get everything that we wanted to across so hopefully she's going to come back we definitely need a part two there was so much to ask her um, but I do feel like we covered a hell of a lot in this episode and I ended up far more knowledgeable than I was at the beginning of the episode did you yeah definitely like there's and there's proper like tangible advice right and it was the first time actually you know I don't know about you but I don't really have anybody that I can ask these questions to without feeling like a fucking moron yeah so it was really nice to be able to just lay it out and be like I just don't we don't understand this and she really explained it in a way that didn't make us sound stupid so we learned loads and we know that you guys will benefit from it as well just because as we talk about in this episode nobody ever gives any financial education right. at school so so many of us are completely in the dark and and yeah she the, her advice was brilliant and super practical on debt mortgages how to buy whether to buy um how to save savings savings it was excellent so yeah okay let's let her speak <laughs> enjoy this episode guys 
Hi, Michaela. Hi. Thank you so much for being here. Um, we were just saying before we started that we, I personally, we both have so many questions. We don't know where to start. We don't know oh where to God. start. But I did put a question out on my Instagram um, yesterday and I was genuinely floored by how many questions I have. And I think we sent you a snippet of how many yes. there were yesterday. Yeah. Um, loads. But I have categorised them. So we had questions of all kinds come in about pensions, investments, savings, general advice for cost of living, budgeting, debt. You na- debt. Yeah, you name it, we got it. And I'm so happy that you're here yeah. um, to go through some of the questions that we had. Um, but before we did that, I'd love it if you could just tell us a little bit about yourself and how you got into this. And yeah, and about the book that you yeah. had, the book that you wrote. And I suspect we're going to need it. absolutely that that is a big yes um so yeah my name is Michaela Green I'm an author of the money edit which we've got here today um and also a financial expert so I've been in the industry 18 years now and basically I help people you know save more earn more retire comfortably invest all of the things that people mainly find a bit difficult and need a bit of hand holding um so I'm kind of here to help you know, with money tips uh, and different ways to just help people get started with their financial journey and just realise that there's no shame or blame around it because it's one of the topics many people don't like to open up about. And I'm just like, let's do it. You know, what's what's the worst Mm. that can happen? It's so (laughs) true. And it does, yeah, it feels like particularly women do not speak about money. And that annoys me because I feel like men talk about it all the time. Yeah. Um, like in the work, I don't know, workspace, salary, whatever. And, and we actually find this in our industry. And because no one talks about how much anybody's earning, it's just, and I think society takes advantage of that a lot of the time with women. So I'm trying to be brave and talk about money. Um, but you're right. We don't talk about it in school. We don't learn anything. And I guess like my first question would be, and this actually came up a lot from people, is what would you you recommend how would you recommend particularly at a time now where we're talking about the cost of living crisis all the time and people are hearing really scary words like fiscal and economy and blah all the time how do we become more financially literate like where can we go to start learning more beyond listening to this Yes, I would say there's many different mediums in terms of how you can develop your financial knowledge. And I think it's finding what really works for you and what you find interesting. So some people are podcast listeners. They love that on their way to work or when they're at home. You know, some people are book readers and some people just love social media. So for me, I try and put out as much as I can in all of these different mediums. So actually people can get more comfortable talking about um, money. But I think the the first aspect really starts with yourself and actually talking about or being confident to say, you know, I'm going to go through my bank statement and I'm going to see what's actually in there and I'm going to open those letters with, with debts that I've never wanted to yeah. look at, you know, and I'm going to just really work out what's going on in my financial life. And I think that's where it really starts with your financial literacy. Yeah, I got anxiety when you said that because I'm <laughs> such a like bury my head in the sand with yeah. things like that. I always have been, especially, yeah, just like unable to look at my back because you're just scared of what you're going to see but you've got to start there right you've got to start there you're not alone (laughs) that I hear that so many times you know and people are confident talking to me about 
their finances because I'm a financial expert. Mm. But they find it really difficult, even sometimes talking with their spouse or their partner, um, you know, or even just themselves about their finances. So you're definitely not alone. It does bring about a lot of anxiety. But for me, that's one of the reasons why I think there needs to be more knowledge out there about financial education. Mm. As you mentioned, it's not taught in school. So I think don't be too hard on yourself if you do have those feelings around money. Um, But the more you, you know, the more you practice and the more you activate actually trying to ditch those feelings and not feeling that shame and embarrassment, the more comfortable you will begin to feel with money. It's just struck me how crazy it is that this is not taught in schools. At yeah. Newman, I mean, pensions. We were talking about pensions before we started, which we will get on to. Mortgages. Mortgages. How is none of this oh, taught in no. schools? Yeah. And I, and I, okay, I'm not the quickest person ever, but I can't get my head around these. I really struggle with getting my head ar- around these things. It's like, how are we taught the most random stuff in school and then we don't get taught this? Yeah, I was going to say, we're taught some of the most complex stuff, you know, like algebra. And, and then we're, we're, we grow up to believe that if we're not good at maths, then we can't be great with money. And that's yeah. just absolute mm. nonsense. Okay. Um, and again, that's one of the major myths that's out there that needs ditching. Yeah. <laughs> so it's one of those things where, you know, money is something that is a journey. It has a different, everybody has a different journey with money. So one of the things that you do find is that you feel anxiety with money, but equally teachers might feel anxiety with money. And, you know, they feel embarrassed about talking and actually teaching money and they don't feel confident. And this was one of the reasons why uh, it hasn't been put out yet in mainstream schools, because a lot of the teachers came back and said, well, actually, I struggle with money issues. <laughs> and this is this is a major uh, thing that we're still tackling, I think, here in the UK or globally, really, in terms of actually getting money education into the mainstream. Yeah. So I want to I think we want to start talking to you about the cost of living crisis. Yeah and about sort of advice that you have people who are budgeting and trying to navigate their way through this time. But first of all, I wanted to ask, I put the category at the top as general what the fuck questions. Um, And the first one is, well, do we need to worry? Is this an actual crisis? And I just wondered if you could explain what is happening, because another one of the general what the fuckers was how the fuck does the value of money change? Why are houses so expensive? Why is everything losing its value? And I actually think that's something that maybe people might be a bit embarrassed to not know. But kind of what is happening? Yeah, I mean, I'm confused about it. If you could explain that. Yeah, there is lots of confusion out there. And before we really digress and digest into the main part of this podcast, I really just want to say, you know, a lot of the information that we're sharing today is you know, information based only. It's guidance, hopefully, putting a bit of a disclaimer out there. Um, And everything is based on your personal circumstance. So um, yeah, what I will describe here would really hopefully help you in some way in terms of you know, adjust into what's going on. But I think there's lots of news, there's lots of noise. And sometimes you don't need to take on everything that you're hearing because money is something that is very personal. And that's what I try and get a lot of people to understand. It's very personal to you. So what, you know, your friend is going through with money might have no relation to to the money issues that you have. And it's all about, you know, establishing what your personal goals are, what you'd like to achieve. And then you can really work out what's going on in your financial life now to whether you should be worrying about what's going on or not. Yeah. Um, But the thing is that we're going through a cost of living crisis. And the truth is it's affecting 
at least more than 90% of individuals, whether you're a middle class, whether you're struggling, whether you're even a high earner, people are affected with what's going on at this moment in time. And I think to say to worry, um, it doesn't help anything. You know, worrying about what's going on. I think the best thing that you can do is actually put a plan in place, figure out where you are right now, where you want to be in the next five or 10 years and how what's going on is going to affect you. And what other kind of things that you might need to put in place to kind of work around that. So I I give you an example. If you are, you know, you, you love food shopping and you're spending huge amounts on food, it might be that you know, you might have to shop a bit smart, more smart. It might be that you're buying shop home brands. It might be that, you know, you're actually comparing the market before you go out and shop. Shop. You're actually making a list. It's just simple things like that that can help really curb and cut back with your savings. Okie dokie. That takes us, I guess, on really well to our cost of living advice section. Yes. I've never been so organised in my life. Categorising it. Thank um, you so much. Absolutely brilliant. You'd be She's proud an, of me. An excellent word I document. Put, put, I'm so put proud. Bold. It was you put thing. bold, you put capitals, I know, I know. bullet points. I wasn't fucking about. <laughs> okay, first question. I get paid weekly and I really am finding it difficult to budget for bigger bills like rent. I'm a single mum, please help. Okay, so you get paid weekly. I think one of the aspects is as opposed to it's a lot easier to budget, which many people don't do, budget annually. Okay, so although you get paid, whether you get paid weekly or monthly, actually look at your annual expenses Mm -hmm, and compare that with your annual income. So it might frighten you how much you're actually spending annually on. It could be even just coffees. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Sometimes when you add up every time you buy a coffee, that adds up to about a thousand pounds spent a year just on coffee. Does it? Shit. Yeah. And and that's an average, you know. So when you break it down like that in a year and you really look at that, that's when you get the eye openers and you think, oh my gosh, like I don't really want to be spending that much in that particular area in one year. It's very difficult to see that when you look at it in one week because you might see, you know, a coffee you've spent eight, ten pounds and you think, oh, it's not that much. But when you compare that over a yearly basis and you look at that, it's much easier to budget then how much and cap Okay, how much do I want to spend on coffees? Right. I'm only going to cap myself to £500 for the year that I want to spend on coffees. And then you break that down and you divide that by 52, you know, and then you work out what your weekly spend should actually be. And you do that with every single category that (laughs) that you have in your life. So you will do that with your food. You'll do that with I mean, there are some fixed expenses. So there's some things that you might not be able to change, like your rent, uh, your energy bills which is continually increasing so there's some things that you don't have flexibility with but I think the things that you do you want to take as much control of that as possible um, in order to just number one survive the cost of living crisis and in order for you to continue to achieve the future goals that you've set for yourself. Um, So we've talked you've mentioned the word sort of like budgeting and looking at like an annual thing a lot of people have asked if you have any tips for budgeting if there's any apps that you recommend or like if there's any literature out there that could help people start with their budgeting well there's a number of apps that's just budgeting um you've got you know apps like money hub you've got apps like emma uh, which help you with your budgeting but the great thing now is a lot of banks are on board with the budgeting um kind of features so you will find that you don't naturally always have to download another app you could actually tap into some of the resources that your bank actually provides you with um and if and they're always improving their features so i think some of the great things that you just want to look at is you know 
comparing maybe your income and expenses from one month to the next. And many apps allow you to actually do that. But some apps are really technical and it actually breaks down, you know, oh, you've overspent on this area each month. And those are the ones that's quite good to, to log into. But I think, yeah, as a as a free point of call, um, you can always look at your bank's actual app as a first point of call because many of them are on board and then and then explore other apps. I don't know if you like, I like Plum. Yeah, yeah, like that's Plum. good as well. I think it, like, it rounds up your purchases yeah. and takes that money. I use Moneybox. And saves, Moneybox saves does the same thing you. as well. Yeah, and It really adds up. Moneybox invests your money as well. That's, oh, that's So clever. it takes the yeah. pennies. If you spend like £2.70, it would yeah. take the 30p yeah. and then... Yeah, and then takes the 30p that you've got that accumulates. And then yeah. I also, I put £10 in a week because I figured that that would, whatever. And then that comes right. in a month and then it invests and you oh, can choose clever. high risk, medium risk or low risk. Oh. Yeah, and yeah, yeah okay. I made them high risk because I was like, well, it's the it's the pennies technically. That I'm not supposed to notice that as a psychology, so I'll see what happens at the yeah. beginning. And my sister was a student, she did low risk. And we both really benefited from it. Really? So, yeah. yeah, yeah, it's been good. We, okay. made, I, we actually saved both of us, we were talking about it at the end of the last year. We both yeah. saved quite a lot of money last year just using that which is really good and I think something like that because it's so automatic if you're not that person who is quite you know rigid with your actual savings or investing something like that could be really great because you you're actually investing without thinking about it yeah um and also I don't know anything about investing like that's no. I'm gonna ask you some questions in a minute yeah, but so um that's a whole other so it's, it, but it's so it's great for something like that but also if you are that kind of strict person you can actually explore different types of uh, you know investment platforms and yeah. see which one's the best one for you if you actually want to physically put a set amount aside or there's nothing stopping you from once you gone through all of your expenses and you see how much you've got left to play with actually saying do you know what I can comfortably put a hundred pounds a month aside for investing or 200 pounds a month aside for investing whatever it may be and sometimes you might find that that actually ends up more than just the automatic of anything that you've got left over so it just really depends what works best. kind of want to ask you about subscriptions as well okay I am I'm I'm wondering if that is a is an issue for people because it feels to me at least that like a, a lot of things good things but you have to subscribe to them now and I imagine like well I know subscriptions really can add up like we subscribe to so much now do, do people get caught out on subscriptions absolutely sorry I'm going so off yeah, sorry. absolutely if I flip it from a business point of view um in order for you I mean the the greatest aspect now of many businesses their their biggest income revenues are from subscriptions right so you are finding a lot more businesses are evolving and they're subscription-based businesses which exposes people who like to only might maybe have money coming in on a weekly basis or don't see £2.99 per month as a big amount right they get easily caught out by you know it's not that much but then when you start adding up all the subscriptions that you've got and especially if you're not making a good use of them you could easily end up spending lots and lots of money yeah. on subscriptions when you do that annual budget yeah. <laughs> so yeah. it's mo- really looking at that kind of aspect of it and I think it's using it it's like at one point I realized I had you know Amazon Prime Netflix and Disney well, and it's like thing. come on how many of them am I really watching yeah. one of them at least one's got to go you know and yeah. it's and I'm, I'm not the only one I know many people who come across things like that and I go through people's bank statements for a daily living yeah. <laughs> and so I see that a lot not only with that but sometimes even with things like protection with insurance they've taken out an insurance with one bank because they said it's great and then they've gone somewhere else and taken out exactly the same insurance plus they've got a current account which actually covers them for that free of charge anyway 
yeah. you know well people ask so, about that and I actually yeah. had never even heard of that insurance the insurance that you're talking about yeah. bank bank insurance is that against fraud is that no, so I was just talking about different types of insurances. Oh, so it could okay. be like a travel insurance yeah. or, you know, I've, I've seen that people has free travel insurance included in their current account and they go abroad oh, no. and they get travel insurance. Marketing. And it's like, well, you've got it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You know, so yeah. it's, it's, it's just, just little things like that. It's just taking the time to read that stuff, yeah. isn't it? Yeah. yeah, we're so instantly sold to all yes. the time yeah. and I know. everywhere. I know, the, and it, and it, the, and the, I mean, I was just talking about, this is something that my Alex finds like super interesting. It's like the psychology of marketing and PR and like how we're, we're tricked into yeah. spending money that we don't need to be spending all the time. And so now he's reading this book. I'll leave it in the show notes, the book that he's reading, because it's really opened my eyes. To, I can't remember what it's called, but it's really opened my eyes to like how easily we fall into thinking that we need something or, or how the language that people totally. use around like and I think during COVID as well with yeah. subscriptions yeah yeah. like I don't know it's just so much like because I wanted to watch the Selena and they're expensive I wanted to watch the Selena Gomez documentary which is on uh, Apple TV I okay. think Disney Plus yeah. but it's yeah. £7 yeah. it's 6 99 a month that's so expensive yeah. no it is especially because like, all these good things are on all on different like Amazon mm. and some are, some are on Prime um, Netflix some are on Apple some are on Disney it's like yeah. it's so expensive Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a t-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. Yes, we're all pulling you in different we've, directions. We've gone off. We had enough sorry, questions. I'm so sorry. Okay. I'm derailed us. Um, okay. Should we have, should one have multiple savings or current accounts to budget? Or could you do it all in one account? There are some accounts that allow you to to do that in one. I think Starling Bank is has a feature like that. And there's another. can't think of it off my head. But... I've always gone by, you know, the old school way in having a number of accounts if, yeah. if, if need be. And again, it really depends on you as the individual, because sometimes I think having those number of accounts, if you're that person who's easily would dip into a pot of money, because I always say, you know, create, and I discuss it in the book, create like a holiday fund, create a social fund, you know, and, and create a coffee fund if you're a big coffee lover you know and and that's easily you could easily put your annual amount in there and you know once that annual amount's done then that's it that means you've utilized that allowance that you've set for yourself and I think that's a much easier way to budget than looking at a lump sum of money that's in a salary account and feeling that you've got enough money to spend until you absolutely see zero or you see minus yeah you know and that's naturally what people do because if you haven't given a job to a proportion of your money, then it doesn't know what it's doing. Yeah. So I, I think it's really important whether it's you, you, you're going for an account which actually does it and separates it 
automatically for you. Um, in America, it's great because they actually have, you know, employers actually separate the money for you before you get paid. And I think we need to adopt something like that wow. as well. Yeah, they're able yeah, to like cool. budget your money into certain areas. Uh, but yeah, we're not there yet. So I think that's something that you Is can that easily like do. A, like an Amonzo type situation. Yeah, Monzo, Monzo, I believe, has that feature as well. Oh, no, I'm just sorry. I mean, I'm wondering if Monzo is a good option for people in terms of one of the accounts that they might have. Or should they have like one NatWest, one Barclays, one... Do you see what I mean? Where they're putting the different pots? Where would they put their different pots? Yeah, you can you can open separate bank accounts. Um, for some people, that's a bit confusing and, yeah. and really messy. For some, it's like for somebody who's like maybe like a control freak, <laughs> they really like <laughs> that. And they they would actually like to have and actually physically see when they open their purse. Mm. That's my Monzo card. That's my holiday fund. You yeah, know, I'm not yeah. going to touch that card. Yeah. But I think if you're that person that kind of would prefer to have everything in one place. So again, it goes back to that personal, there is no one shoe fits all, um, I say, with money. Um, It's all about designing what works for you and and your journey with money to to help you, you know, elevate your financial journey. Um, Question I'm really interested in as well. What is the best UK credit card to get in terms of points, systems, perks, ETC? This is difficult, right? It's so hard to know which, which one to go for. Yeah, it's really difficult. I'd kind of flip that on the head and say, uh, rather than actually looking for the best provider in terms of uh, who's actually offering the credit card, because that can change daily, Um, I would say look for 0% interest rate credit cards if if you're going to go for anything, if you're going to go for credit cards, because right now with the cost of living crisis, you are finding with inflation increasing, we're at, you know, 41 year high, that affects borrowing and you find that debt actually goes a lot higher. So if you've got, you know, a credit card and you're paying double digits, 17% interest, you know, you're paying quite a lot um, just on anything that you've actually purchased. So I think it's always worth going for a 0% interest or taking out a reward card, which actually, you know, you will save every time you spend with your card. I think that's great. If you're Mm. if you love traveling, you love going on holidays, there's cards where you can build up air miles, Mm. you know, and there's credit cards that you can use to do that. You can either get that from, you know, BA or Virgin or even banks actually offer air miles on their credit cards or you could get cash back on shopping, you know. So again, it goes back to your personal preferences. And, And that's another thing that I describe in the book, you know, finding the right credit card that suits your lifestyle. And actually making the best use of that, because if you're paying off your credit card each month, you're not paying any interest anyway. So even if you go for a reward card or a cashback card, that's not a 0% interest rate. So long as you're paying that off each month, you get the benefits of the rewards and the cashback and you don't have to pay the interest. So, sorry, just so I understand it, because I'm a bit thick with these things. If I were choosing a credit card, I could have three options. I could have a 0% interest. I could have one that had a couple percent interest maybe a little percent but I would get air miles I could get air miles back or I could have one that's again got a bit of interest but it's got cash back with shopping so if I were a family of five for example maybe it would make more sense to go for the shopping one if I were a work someone that flew abroad for work it would make sense to have the air miles one and if I were just me I'd probably go for the zero percent one is yeah, it, it's right? very it's very difficult Sorry. to categorise it like that because okay. again, you might say a family of five, so you like shopping, but it depends on what the family. I meant food shopping. Sorry. Yeah, I know. Like, I know what you mean, but it depends on what the um, income is for that household. Yeah. 
um, and what their lifestyle is. You could have a very wealthy family of five. Yeah. <laughs> you know, so it's really difficult to bracket it like that, but I totally understand what you mean. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I wouldn't necessarily categorise. And again, just like you can have a number of current accounts to help, you know, budget, it's great to have a number of credit cards because it's often that we don't have one thing that we enjoy. So we might like, be a big foodie like me and we also might like travelling like me. <laughs> you know, so I think sometimes boxing yourself in, it could be mm. that, yes, you've got a credit card that's for your food shopping. You've got a credit card that's for your air miles. Um, and, you know, when, you do, when you're purchasing big things, you'd potentially use the air miles kind of credit card because mm -hmm. that's going to give you a lot more points on your air or when you're traveling and then if you're shopping you'll always use their other credit card you also have energy saving credit cards as well so um, I've got cards that help every time I spend with that card it reduces my energy bill and that's a great factor for people right now you know in terms of yeah. reducing their energy bill so I think it's using the right card um, for the for the right things um, you could be wanting to start a bit of a side hustle you need a bit of a cash injection I would say go for something like a 0% interest rate credit card so uh, yeah, don't ever limit yourself to kind of like, it's just one thing. You can have a number of credit cards, but just make sure you're using them in the right way. You're not incurring um, debt. You know, you're not incurring interest or having to pay interest because that's that's where it kind of, kind of gets a bit difficult. I always say borrowing is not always bad so long as it's managed effectively. Yeah. Um, but it becomes bad when you lose control. Um, many people have a number of credit cards and for them, it's not a great thing to have a number of credit cards because they just use it in all the wrong ways. Mm -hmm. And then they put themselves in a situation where, you know, they start losing financial confidence. They gain more financial anxiety because things are not working the right way. So I think if you're not, again, that person who can control debt very well, just avoid credit cards completely. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so again, it's personal. Okay. You mentioned before about energy, um, about getting energy points back on your energy usage and um, one of the questions that we had was someone asking should we be fixed should we be trying to get fixed energy deals because they seem to be more expensive i would say yes um Although fixed energy bills in this day and time doesn't mean much no. <laughs> because it still means that you're, if you know the energy tariffs increase, then your bills are still going to increase even if you're on a fixed tariff. But I think when you do fix, even if it's slightly more expensive, you know exactly where you are and what you're expected yeah. to pay. So I always think that's a better um, way to help you budget than being on a, a variable where you have no flexibility or no control over what you're energy bill might come in okay. each month yeah that yeah. makes sense so someone's asked how can i get out of the cycle of living paycheck to paycheck okay so big question sorry yeah <laughs> no it's fine i i get this a lot and and it does happen a lot and it's it's a very easy trap to fall in that's what yeah. i want people to understand it's so easy to fall in again if you haven't given yourself if you haven't given your money a job so i would say a three-step process so the first thing would be to understand that income that you have coming in many people don't look at their pay slips a lot of them now are sent you know, digitally, but actually have a look at that pay slip. Look at what your income is after tax. Also see what other expenditure is going out, you know, from your employer, because sometimes there's more things that's going out that you don't really want, like benefits that you don't really need and you're paying for them. Um, so really just look at your pay slip, work out what your actual income is. If you have other sources of income or you're self-employed, try and get an average at least of the last maybe three months and just work out, okay, this is roughly what my income is on a monthly basis. Once you know your income, the next step is expenditure. Mm -hmm. 
So it sounds very simple, but these steps are very effective. Okay, so the next step is expenditure. So you're going through either your bank statements or on your app and you're really looking at where is my money going? Okay, because budgeting is like a picture um, and whatever picture you, you actually have, it doesn't mean that that has to always be your picture. You can create it, you can make changes, you know, so budgeting is just kind of telling you where your money's going. So this is the part where you're kind of directing and saying, actually, I want my money to go here, I want my money to go there. And that's where I would, you know, suggest at least looking at things, tallying everything up you receive weekly or monthly and putting it on that annual basis and really working out how much I spend annually. Because the only time we hear about annually is our income. You know, we hear that, oh, this person gets paid 30000 a year or 50000 a year, but nobody talks about expenses on an annual kind of basis. So work that out on an annual basis because you know what you've got coming in as an income. And then next, actually identifying, is there money left over? Now, when I ask people the question, the ballpoint figure, do you have any money left over? Most mm. people say, no, nope, haven't got anything. And when I go through their income and expenses, I'm like, right. yes, you have. Right. Mm. You know, there's this money here. And they're like, no, 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 I don't have that money there. <laughs> and I'm like, yes, you've given me all of your expenses. I've gone through everything. There is money there. Okay. You know, so in order to find that little pocket of money, it's a quick, simple tip and it's a great way to actually find money is to actually just work out what your income is, what your expenses is, what you've got left over, and then defining what you actually want to do with that money. Okay. Okay. And if you don't, if there is that chance that you don't have anything left over, I guarantee there's something that you can do with your spending to actually build something, um, create something, uh, to some form of disposable income, should I say. So I would say really just, again, look at your expenditures, think about, okay, is how I'm living now, what, am I going to be able to sustain this level of lifestyle in the next 10, 20 years, if I continue like this without creating something for my future? Because basically that disposable income, it hopefully should be the pot of money for your future living. Mm. That's what it is. Yeah. So I guess we're talking there about paycheck to paycheck. But what about people who are in debt? Because I had a few of these questions come in. Somebody said, um, I guess we had a lot along this vein, but this the broadest one is from this person that says tips on how to get out of debt. I'm talking credit cards, overdraft, etc. when money is already so stretched. Yeah, so um, again, there's there's lots in the book around that. And, and it's it's kind of like that dreaded D word, isn't it? This debt, it's the word that nobody wants to hear. It's the thing that nobody wants to face. And I think the first thing um, that you've got to do with debt is kind of own up that I ac actually I'm in debt. <laughs> Yeah. You know, and actually just tell yourself, you know, I'm in debt. There's no shame um, about it. There's no blame. And then actually listing the debts that you have outstanding. That's quite an important task to do. Uh, once you've basically listed them, what you should do at the side of that is actually tally what the interest is. OK, because nobody looks at or nobody thinks about what the interest on their credit card is. I've had people that's come to me and they've had 47% interest on a credit card. Wow. Yeah, so there are credit cards out there that's that nice. could literally charge you almost 50%, half of the money that you've wow. got just in interest. Yeah. So every time you're paying each month, you're thinking that, actually, yeah. I'm clearing my debt, but you're not. Yeah, you're just paying yeah, interest. You're, paying yeah, you're interest. just paying your interest. Wow. So that, so, you not be making a dent in Yeah, <laughs> you're not making any dent. So the first thing to do is list what the outstanding debts are and then list by the side in a column, and I've got a col I've got the, the columns in, in here the that they can do them. Yeah. List it in a column. What's the actual interest rates? And tally them from the highest interest rate to the lowest. And what you want to start doing is chipping away either at the debts with the highest interest. That's a great way to 
because what you end up doing is you're going to be keep paying this money and it's just going in interest. You're not really clearing any of that capital. So you want to pay the debts with either the highest interest which is, you know, there's different type of methods. The other method is actually clearing the debt with the smallest amount of debt, because sometimes you might have like a credit card and it's got £10,000 debt, and then you've got a credit card and it's got £500. And sometimes I think even if you can just clear that 500 that gives you that momentum to kind of say, mm. I can tackle this 10000 yeah. You know, I cleared one, I can clear the other. Yeah. So it's, sometimes it's always about building that momentum. Mm. I think if you're really struggling, um, the first thing to do is contact the providers Mm -hmm. as a first point of call and just say, you know, hey, this is my financial situation. Many people don't think to do it, but there are actually bankers. Yeah, the bankers. There's sometimes there's ways that they can help. Okay, that's interesting. Yeah, and sometimes your interest can get frozen, um, especially that we're going through a cost of living crisis. There is packages that many of these companies have that's available um, to uh, you know people debtors, but you have to actually ask for it normally they don't contact you uh, and actually offer no, these things so I think just pick up the phone if, if you've gone yeah. through everything and you think you know what there's no physical way I can pay this mm. um, contact your debtors as a first point of call explain to them your situation explain to them your income um, and they might be able to find ways to help help uh, with that I think if if all failing that and that doesn't work you've got lots of debt charities like step change um, citizens advice bureau and again they can also offer some normally some financial assistance but it's a step-by-step process I think sometimes working with maybe a bit of how much debt can you clear and setting a plan of action Mm, to clear the debt and actually just think about how long is it going to take me to clear this debt and sometimes just having that clear idea of right it's going to take me three years will give you the confidence to actually start tackling that yeah but it can feel like insurmountable yeah but but that's because people just don't know what it is they don't know how much they're paying and and that confusion just breeds more anxiety and more worry yeah Um, so i think the first step i always say is just owning up to it because that that it will give you that confidence to to then pick up the phone to then detail what you've got outstanding i think it's just good for people to know it's a lot definitely Yeah, yeah it's a lot and that's why i say you know you're not on your own uh, there's many people going through and there, there's lots of things available to help people who are in debt. Uh, so, so yeah, don't suffer in silence. That's really Reach good. Out. And that was some brilliant, like, practical yeah. help I'm as well. Really Thank sorry. you. I have a no, question go, go. off the back of it that is one of these, but I can't remember what category it's from. Um, if people are they have credit card debts or they, they're still trying to get out of their overdraft, should they be saving as well? Or should their priority be paying off the credit cards or the overdraft? Or should it be doing putting half the money onto the credit card and half into a savings account? What should the priority Good question. Be? I get that a lot as well. I've done a, quite a bit of a funny social media post on it and it was kind of like, I don't know if you remember that thing, and it was like both. <laughs> <laughs> but um, in essence, I think, again, that's another one of those things that falls back to a personal kind of aspect. So I'm a strong believer in, you know, financial planning is all about goals. Okay, it's all about your personal goals, your short term goals, your medium term goals and your long term goals. And I think if you haven't set those out, you haven't got a financial plan in place yet. And how hard is it to actually just sit down with yourself maybe for an hour and just say, you know what, this is what I want to achieve in my short term one to three years this is what I want to achieve three to five years over the medium term and this is what I want to achieve over the next five years and then what you've got to do next is add a monetary figure you know to the to each one of those things is it difficult Yes. I hope not. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Yes, it sounds horrible. But yes. 
I know. No, no, possible, is, but yeah. <laughs> But again, sometimes having that clear mind, it's just like a journey, okay? Imagine somebody tells you, okay, meet me here at this place and I'm either going to give you the directions and a sat-nav or I'm going to tell you to just find your way. You will find that place and have a lot more ease if you've got a sat-nav and you know exactly where you're going. Mm. And that's what a financial plan basically is. So going back to that kind of question, it really depends on, okay, how urgent are those goals? Because that's what we save for, isn't Mm. it? We save for our personal goals that we nobody just saves for nothing. Uh, We save because we want to do something in the future, because we want to buy a car or we want to go on this holiday. And it might be that you're going on holiday, you know, the beginning of the year and so actually that savings is really urgent you need to achieve the rest of that savings goal but at the same time you've got to look at again that in conjunction with your debt plan you know how how important is it to clear your debts because once all of your debts are cleared how much freedom will that give you financially Mm. you know and 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 again it's looking at what kind of debt you've got in place uh, because many people have mortgages Mortgage to me is considered as quite a good debt because it's actually leveraging and it's, you know, the asset that you have is growing as well at the same time as you've got the debt outstanding. You might have debt on a 0% uh, interest rate credit card. And so there's no urgency to clear that kind of debt. You know, but if you've got high debts outstanding, which you can't control, which is causing you a great deal of financial stress... I would say focus on that. Yeah. yeah. Okay. And, and from a financial point of view, you will always hear financial experts telling you, pay off your debts first. It's, yeah, just, right. it's just a natural thing. But I think you always have to look at things from yeah. a personal circumstance and you always have to look at what kind of debt you've got outstanding. You know, yeah. if you've got nasty debts like payday loans and yeah. really high interest rate credit cards, you want to get those cleared first because the fact that you've got them sometimes means that you know, your your maybe your credit is not where it should be, um, or your financial circumstances is not where it should be. So you want to kind of clear that, um, because I think the the more your debt is, the more your credit is improved, the lower the interest rates you'll get on credit cards and so on and so forth. So you want okay. to kind of just be in an environment where you've got good debt. And you're doing savings, um, and then you can do both. <laughs> okay, nice. Okay, yeah, great advice. I mean, there is there is so much to I go, know, to go yeah. through, go but on, I away. think we should touch on property and mortgages, yes. which are a total <sighs> minefield. Yes, yes. <laughs> that sigh. Yes, yeah. like, I can imagine. And, and I don't normally sigh when I hear the, <laughs> the word mortgages, but I am sighing right now. But go ahead. Um, okay, so I think this might have been one of the main questions, um, is that should you buy a property at the moment in case interest increases or do we wait for a property crash? Right. So, only if I had a crystal ball (laughs) could I tell you... Michaela, please answer all of the country's questions right now. (laughs) Could I answer that question very clearly? Okay. I would say not to wait for things like property crashes. Okay. The reason why is because put me off of buying my first ever property yeah um and there wasn't any property crash and in actual fact property prices increased even further okay and then i just bit the bullet and i thought i just want to get on the property ladder and i think many people can fall into that kind of trap and scenario because you just can't guess it even if we go back because we're only going from past uh, kind of performances. So you, you're having experts, property experts, kind of guesstimating that there's going to be a crash based on previous things that's happened that they've seen that looks very similar to where we are that's led to a property crash. That yeah. doesn't mean that there is going to be one. 
So the fact if you hold off and kind of wait for something that may never happen, yeah, it's a difficult game to play because there is nobody that you could physically ask when Mm. if there's going to be one and when when it will be. So I would say, you know, if if you're in a position to buy, yeah, buy right. Okay. Don't 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 wait. Don't put your uh, life there, on hold. Yeah. Naturally there are times where, you know, the property market is generally historically has always been lower, like December. Mm. And the reason why property prices generally fall in December is because nobody really wants to sell around Christmas time. And you find that property prices generally increase naturally mm. around the summer because everybody gets that kind of yeah. property buy and buzz mm. in the summer. So you have a natural increase. Okay. Um, but the, the increase is what we're seeing right now is naturally because there's a shortage of properties on the market and there's a shortage of people that's able to buy. So mm. that just means that the few that's in the market right now is selling at a much higher price. What I would say as a quick tip on that, rather than waiting out, is look for your dream properties and negotiate okay. as much as possible. Yeah, yeah. Um, and that that's a much more beneficial tool than waiting, okay. because at least you can, you know, sometimes because there is a shortage of buyers, yeah. you might have that bit more flexibility negotiating, saying, mm. you know, the property's on the market for four hundred and fifty, but I'd like to put mm. an offer in for four hundred. Yeah. You know, and I put that in the book. There's nothing there's nothing, you know, shameful about actually going in yeah. for an offer that you believe in. Um yeah. Yeah. And, and yeah, you might get a flat no. <laughs> yeah. But at least you tried because I've yeah. heard this a lot recently yeah. actually from people that I know that are buying and selling or they're in a chain yeah. and there has been recently a lot of negotiation on yeah. price yeah. yeah so that's a good tip as because, well right to yeah, negotiate because, if you you know where you can yeah there's not a huge demand the the property mm. price increase hasn't gone up because there's a huge demand it's gone up because there's a shortage of properties yeah. on the market okay so anytime there's something that's very rare yeah. it's just like Hermes handbags isn't it it's, it's very <laughs> yeah. rare and it's hard to get so yeah. the price is extortionately higher than yeah. many other handbags uh, so, so yeah. on a similar note, um, and I, I'm asking this on behalf of a great many of my friends as well at the moment, should I delay accepting a new mortgage yeah. deal in the hope that rates go down? Which I guess is the same question, but to mortgages. Because they've gone up massively, They've gone up they? massively. Unfortunately, I'm even one that's been put in that position. Right. Um, I've had many of my clients who's been put in that position. In actual fact, I've seen at least a £700 increase in mortgage payment. <laughs> um, but the thing is, they're, they're not good. They're most likely going to increase before they come down. And so if you've got a deal that's already coming to an end, I would say fix and fix now um, as soon as possible. I, I was I was told by, um, I, I liaise very closely with a mortgage friend as well. And, and we always kind of knock heads. And he kind of said, oh, how old are you? And I told him my age. And he said, well, you, you wasn't around actually the last time when Prop, it, like mortgage interest rates were like 15%. Wow. <laughs> so he wow. was like, this is nothing. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, so I think it's one of those things where um, it's just the kind of climate that we're in. And many of us who are in our 20s, 30s, would have not have experienced this before. Mm. But to be fair, we've had quite a good run yeah. <laughs> so far because we're coming from rates like under 2% to now go into rates like 
six percent yeah you know and it's making that 500 so, 800 jump yeah the advice payments. is to st- like there's just another specific question here just at that percentage thing mm. should i fix my mortgage for five years at 5.4 percent or should i wait it out so the, you have a number of different terms that you can go for with a mortgage you you have two years you have three years and you have a five-year fixed yeah you also have variable rates yeah okay but which basically will change in line with when the Bank of England base rate changes. Um, but the variable rates are significantly lower than the fixed rates at this moment in time. Um, so that's also an option. But you have to bear in mind that your interest rate can increase at any point in time. Um, but I would say many lenders are no longer offering variable rates now really? if you're remortgaging. Because they're just not, <laughs> which yeah. is a bit annoying, mm. but they're not. So that might not be an option for many people. So when she says, should I go for a five-year fixed rate? Again, there's other options. Yeah. So again, it will fall down to a personal circumstance. Um, will rates come down in the next five years? I believe so. Okay. Um, so okay. being fixed for five years at a higher rate Yes, yeah. potentially uh, you, you could be losing that. But again, you go for a two-year fixed rate, you don't know what rates are going to be like in two years' time. No. And then you could end up paying more because also what many people must remember, every time you fix a rate, you're paying also a fee to, to naturally go into this fixed rate. Yeah. Um, and if you're not paying any fee, you, the rates are even higher. <laughs> you know, so, And they've pushed up those fees. They're anywhere between £1,000 to £2,000 and sometimes more now. Mm. So yes, you go for a two-year fixed rate, you're having to pay that fee again. You know, so it just it just really depends if you again, if you're that type of person, she might be an individual who's always gone for a five year fixed rate. Yeah. And I would say it's really difficult to say. Of course, um, yeah. But what I would say is explore all of the options that's available. Explore yeah. a two year fixed rate, explore a, a three years, five, even beyond. You've got lifetime fixed rates now yeah. and just work out what's the best option. Yeah. Um, and if if she is in any doubt, I would always say seek mortgage advice. Yeah. Um, because advice is looking at your personal circumstance and saying this is best for you because you told me yeah. this is what you want to do in the next two years. This is yeah. what you want to do. So for me to just, yeah, yeah I can't yeah, advise. Can't give a blanket. Yeah, Can you it's get just free mortgage advice. Is that um, available? You know, I I would say speak with a mortgage advisor. Um, okay. Mortgage advice is not free, but right. you can always get an opinion from them. So even okay. if you don't want to take the advice, okay. you can always get an opinion if you know a mortgage advisor, or you know most estate agents have mortgage advisors. If you don't know anyone, yeah. um, if you contact your local bank, many of them are not mortgage advisors, so they can't provide advice as well. So they're just going to give you all of the information and it's down for you to decide. Uh, But some banks are still offering mortgage advice. So I would say pop into your local bank or local estate agent or find a family or friend who knows a mortgage advisor and get an opinion. So this is a quite specific question, but I think it's going to be applicable to a lot of people, sort of similar situations. So this woman is 35 years old. Uh, I'm guessing her and her partner are renters, parents in full-time work and in £7,000 worth of debt. Is there any hope of us buying a house on average salaries? What does she classify as an average salary? Good question. <laughs> um, if, if I go with the statistics, <laughs> average salary is anywhere between... I would say what twenty nine to about thirty five thousand mm-hmm. in the UK yeah. right now. Okay. So she's stating that her and her husband are both on average salaries. Yeah. Uh, yes. Yeah. Yeah. They um, rent in seven thousand pounds worth of debt and full time work. 
Yeah. yeah so on average, I would say... Um, based on a four times multiple, because the banks will generally do a multiple worth of your income, so maybe four times or five times. So if her and her husband, say for instance, is both on thirty five thousand each, that's seventy thousand combined income. She could get on average around two hundred and ten thousand, okay, um, or two hundred and eighty thousand. Yeah. Now, when you look at the markets and you look at properties, and she said she's got children, yes. That's very difficult to find a property yeah. of that value, even a flat. Right. Um, but then again, personal circumstance. She's got mm. £7,000 debt. She didn't mention anything about the savings. I don't know what she could have built up in savings. If parents are able to help with a lump sum, I'm finding with a lot of my clients, they're the bank of mum and dad um, has become really helpful. And, and yeah. mum and dads have been, you know, drawing from their own savings, sometimes even drawing money from their own properties to basically mm. help uh, the children just get on the property ladder. Uh, and that's kind of where we are right now, because yeah. naturally, even with average salaries, even with great salaries, people yeah. are struggling to get onto the property ladder. Yeah. And and this is the difficulty that we're facing because mm. the lack of properties that's on the market yeah. and because the, the property prices are so high. Mm. Um, but I would say if she's a first time buyer, mm. uh, she's got options like shared ownership um, property. She's got nice. um, yeah. opportunities like the home ownership schemes. Mm-hmm. Um, so I would say she's got those options to go down those routes because some of the times they're able to help you with 25% of the deposit okay. you put in or 20% of the deposit you put in the other 5%. And that's yeah. a 25% deposit. And not only will that give better rates, mm. um, but also that might make them eligible to uh you know get onto the property ladder somehow that's great yeah do you have any confidence that it's going to get better or do you think it will be that's a horrible question if yes I, the, the good thing about the uk <laughs> the country that we live in is they've they've always found a way to bounce back <laughs> and, yeah. and and that's going from you know historically speaking so mm. I think I think yes. We, we, uh, I think there's a number of changes that would need to be made, and I think I think we will go through worse times than now before we can get better, or before it gets better. Um, unfortunately, because it's just one of those things where, in order for us to stabilise as an economy, it means that we generally have to maybe pay more taxes, or anything that's our spending cuts, like things will be reduced to what we've got access to. Um, And as a result of that, you know, that affects things like properties, that affects things like debts. And so you will find that we are naturally impacted as individuals in order to stabilise the economy. But to say, do I think it will ever get better? I think the long and short answer is yes. Um, I have a personal question. Will you please come back? Yes, <laughs> please. We didn't touch We've on not pensions or investing or savings or student. Go on, throw, the, throw that. We've pe- not throw the, the pension question in there. Okay, there's like a, there's like a thousand pension okay. questions. They're all slightly different, but can I ask you just the the one? Yeah. Um, Oh God, I can't choose so because quite quite the first one pension, is yeah. how do pensions work? Um, <laughs> so that seems a bit broad, yeah. and I feel like maybe they could Google that. Yeah. Or, but yeah. just for now, I don't really know either. So okay. we'll Google well, it together. What do you think but... is the most valuable thing that you can tell us about pensions now, in a nutshell? It's going to help I'm us. I'm going to give you a vague idea of what the questions are, and then you can pick yes, cherry pick. There's lots. So we basically got how much should I be contributing to a pension, and what age should I start one? I didn't really yeah. understand why there's right, so many let's, different let's points. Let's fire away with the benefits. I'm quickly. self-employed. Okay. I don't have a pension. All of these things. So 
Yeah, yeah we, we will. <laughs> yeah. I think you need a topic just on pensions. Well, this is a very Please topic. may you come back and talk to us just about pensions <laughs> yes. at some point in the near future. Part two. <laughs> part two. Yeah. Are you going to Oh, no, you just... Uh, well, oh, any so of those questions. Any of those questions. I so mean, benefits. Yes. Yeah. Pensions. And, okay. and people are asking, will the state pension always be around? Basically, people are just... If there's anything, one thing you could tell us or what... What would you like us to know about pensions? Lots of benefits with pensions. I think as a nation, we don't contribute enough. Really? <laughs> yeah. Um, okay. And we're all guilty of it, regardless of our money or financial status. Um, but pensions are one of those things where I think the reason why we don't contribute enough is because there's not enough exposure around pensions. There's not enough knowledge that people have around pensions to really understand the benefits. So I'll give you a quick spiel on some of the benefits that's available. So one of the great things about pensions when you're contributing in is you've got the tax relief. So the tax relief is basically like free money that you get from the government. Every time you contribute, they're contributing with you. So that's a great factor. You know, you don't get that with ISAs, you don't get that with your savings, anything else you do, you're not going to get the government saying, hey, I'll chip in with you. Yeah. And, and that's what yeah. tax relief is. So um, if you're a basic rate taxpayer, uh, the government will contribute 20%. So for yeah. every £100 you contribute, they will contribute £20. That's huge. Okay, yeah. which is huge. Yeah. So you're physically only paying 80 they're paying the other 20 to make it 100 Every £80 you contribute, you're getting a £100 contribution. The other fantastic part about pensions is employers contribute. So when, you've, when you are employed and you're working, um, most people are entitled to what's called an automatic enrolment pension which is kind of like a basic. So it works out to an 8% contribution of your salary, basically. Um, so again, the percentages breakdown on that is that the employer will contribute uh, 4%. You, uh, the government will contribute 1%, you have to contribute 3%. So again, you're getting more free money um, from number one, your employer, mm -hmm. from the government. So again, it just means that it, it's a great tool that you can contribute to. Uh, the second thing that's great about pensions is it reduces the tax that you pay. So many people are not aware of that. So really? yeah, so it comes out of your salary ah. before you've paid tax. Okay. Oh, I thought it was after. No. Oh, okay, okay. And and that free money, so mm. so basically we get an allowance as to how much we can earn uh, before we start paying tax. Okay. And every tw every time you contribute, the government adds that money to that amount of of allowance. Okay, so it sits just over £12,000. But every time you're contributing to a pension and the government's contributing as well, that's increasing that allowance. That means that your the amount before you pay tax is going up and up and up. Yeah. So there is a limit. The oh, so sorry. The twelve grand is like the sort of standard, but then if your pension is your, but you're all putting a few hundred pounds into your pension every year. Yeah. Then it would be thirteen thousand. Correct. Okay. That, yeah. Wow. If you put yeah. an additional, of course, if the government yeah. contributes an additional three thousand pounds, you've yeah. got about fifteen thousand before you start paying tax. Wow. So you could then, if fifteen thousand was your only source of income, yeah, you wouldn't pay any tax at all. So, so if you're like a high rate taxpayer, you would get the standard. 20% um, tax relief at source, which you don't have to do anything for, and the further 20% you can claim back as a tax relief in your tax returns. So the more tax you pay, the more tax relief you get. Mm -hmm. Okay. So again, if you're a high rate taxpayer, you contribute £100, you're only physically paying 60 the government pays 40 
Okay, so that's one of the major benefits going into a pension. While your money is actually in a pension, so we've gone from the going in, while it's in a pension, you're not paying any tax. You're not paying income tax. I'm going to reel through the taxes here. Mm -hmm. You're not paying capital gains tax, which is what you pay on your profits. Like if you sell a property, you're not paying any of that tax. And you're not also paying inheritance tax, which again is for a whole nother topic because it's a tax that nobody really talks about. Mm. But it's what they call as like the death tax, the tax mm. you pay on death. So there's no it's it's a very tax sheltered type of investment. And again, even when you invest in an ISA, it's free of income tax and capital gains but not for inheritance tax. Okay. It's exposed to inheritance tax, okay? So that's another fantastic Does tool. Does that mean, theoretically, if, if your parent had a, a pension and then they were to die, you would inherit the pension without the inheritance tax? Free of charge, Free yeah. of charge. Right, if they okay. were to die before the age of 75. So again, there's limits. Okay, okay. yeah. If they were to die after 75, you basically pay the tax at your normal tax rate. Okay. Which is why sometimes we skip a generation, we go to the grandchildren because they're not taxpayers anyway, and then that way they... God, there's so much... <laughs> yeah. I am just my head to explode. No, don't explode yet. And then I'm coming on to the end part. Okay. okay. So what you've got to think about as a pension, many people think, oh, it's a bit complex. Oh, I'm not an investor. Uh, you know, a pension is your pot of money for when you choose to stop working. That's all it is. Mm. Okay, and some of all of us are going to want to stop working at some point. Not Alex, probably. <laughs> Never. <laughs> maybe, as I, I hear that, but maybe at some point we're going to want to stop working. And what do we rely on then? What's going to yeah. maintain our standard of living? And, and a pension is just something, part of that. Some people like property, some people say their business and so on and so forth. But a pension can produce a great part of that in a, in a very tax efficient way. Yeah. Um, because on the way when you come out, uh, you get a 25% tax free lump sum. So again, it's very different to any other types of investment. So mm. if you have 100,000 built up in a pension, you would get 25,000 tax free. Mm. And then you will pay tax on the remainder. But you can choose to take it as and when you want to, to try and control your tax. Yeah. Okay. okay. Shit. So, so, so they're important. And, and yeah. also, if you don't want to touch it, as we mentioned, it could be something that you build up and you pass on to your children. Yeah. You know, okay. if something was to happen to you, that's your pot of money that you can pass on. Mm. And again, it's tax efficient. Mm. So pensions are, are great tools for, for these kind of things. And in a nutshell, hopefully that's given a bit of a, a spiel about pensions and hopefully help people to contribute a bit more um, to a pension. But again, yeah, and it's it's an investment. So many people say, oh, I don't invest. I've never invested, but yeah. they've got a pension. Well, pensions are investments. Yeah. yeah. And that's a great thing to think about. So if you've already, if you've had something where you've contributed with an employer, yeah. you have already invested. Okay. That's super helpful. Well, I think I've learned well. more in those few minutes about pensions than I ever have in <laughs> my too. entire life. Um, um, to wrap up, yes. please could you just tell us a bit about your book, yeah. um, where it's available yep. and why everyone needs to go buy it. Okay, so the no shame, no blame. I mean, there's everything in there. The, it's called the money edit. It's called the money edit. The first chapter I dedicated to building a money mindset because I okay. think that is the foundation to everything. Mm. You want to arm yourself with financial confidence. You want to empower yourself. You want to tell yourself whatever money mistakes I made in the past, it's gone. Mm. It's a new day and I'm ready to start again. Mm. And I think you need that kind of foundation in order for you to start building mm. the right way. Um, I done a recent post and I said, your mindset matches your money. 
and and I'm a true yeah, yeah let that okay. one sink in yeah. I don't like how that sits with me <laughs> I'm still trying to I'm sorry. work that one out the, the, the <laughs> a bit confronting yeah it's it? a bit confronting <laughs> the good thing about you know your mindset is you can change it at any point in time you okay. know and you can work on it mm. daily um, it's not something that's going to change overnight if you've had bad experiences with money or you you know you've not learned much about money growing up but you can build a really positive money mindset and that that's one of the key things um, okay the, the, the next step I talk about tackling, managing your money like a pro, because the budgeting mm, aspect, yeah. again, is that foundation to then realising how can I create this pot of money that I've got left over each month? And that's all budgeting's for, because we don't just budget for the sake of it. Nobody likes budgeting. But you're budgeting to work mm. out where's that bit of extra cash I've got at the end of each month or the end of each week? Because mm. it's there, believe me, you can find it. And and then I talk about getting on the property ladder, the different ways how you can get on based on, you know, who you are as, um, based on your background, whether you, you know, need help from bank of mum and dad, whether you can build your deposit from scratch, which is also doable. Um, and then I really focused on changing circumstances because I've come across so many different scenarios where everything's going super great mm. and then somebody has a child or they get married mm. and, you know, they're in a negative relationship where the mm. partner's really bad with money or, you know, they go through a divorce or there's a death or bereavement in the family and that just throws everything out the window financially mm, yeah. and people lose their track. Um, and, and again, I think that's not talked about enough, <laughs> yeah. you know, because we're all human. We mm. all go through changes in circumstances it could be a really positive one I've seen many people win the lottery and then the money's just gone months later yeah. because there was no plan in place so, yeah. so that's a key aspect going okay. through the changing circumstances and just understanding where you should actually sit what you should do and then finally retirement building that <laughs> pot of money for retirement so that that's everything in a nutshell Amazing. it's got lots of tools and tips Brilliant. We're going to put the link in the show notes. Yes. It's called The Money Edit. Yeah. Um, we're going to need you back for at least about seven more hours of recording. Please, can I we think. get that? Can we get confirmation on on, on air? <laughs> on your return. Speak to Emily. That <laughs> you could come back, please. <laughs> Speak to my Speak agent. To yeah. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, not me. But your agent's yeah, called Emily. Yeah. Quite, actually, yeah, quite right. Let's see how this yeah. goes. Yeah. 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 Thank you so oh, much. Thank Kayla. you so much for getting You're welcome. Should I delete that? It's part of the ACAS Creator Network. <laughs>